Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we recap the Chiefs' Week 11 victory over the Dallas Cowboys and look ahead to their return from the bye week against the Denver Broncos. Also, we check in with the weekly press conference just to see how the team handled the bye week as they prepare for another matchup against Denver. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 11 victory over the Cowboys? Yeah, I guess we have to pick up kind of where we left off after the bye week, huh? Um, You know, other than the Chiefs defense holding the number one ranked Cowboys offense to no touchdowns, I mean, that's that's it's hard to top that. Right. Like that that was that was the bee's knees. Um, And, and, you know, the detractors were already out in force trying to take away from that performance like, oh, um, Amari Cooper and Tyron Smith were out. And then CeeDee Lamb got knocked out of the game. Zeke got hurt during the game. But just give it a rest. All right. (laughs) Like we we heard enough. Uh, about this defense leading up to this game that they that they didn't play anybody hadn't played anyone yada 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 uh but this defense and their turnaround are legitimate it's valid and i mean to the point it it makes this team a, a super bowl contender even if the offense isn't playing its best football and you know that should scare every team in the afc and nfc alike because you know, if you catch this team on a good day when the offense, defense, and special teams are all clicking, I mean, nobody's going to get the win but Kansas City. So it, I think that, you know, it was, it was an important game uh, in terms of, of getting that, that defense, that legitimate win where they can be like, oh, okay, like this is, this is real. Like we, we have the confidence to go in and go up against anybody. Uh, not that they didn't beforehand, but I mean, early on the season, they were getting beat up a little bit, but they found their groove. And uh, I, I think that that's really the big thing that you got to kind of take away from from that victory over the Cowboys is that, you know, uh, it, 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 they don't need to worry about going up, um, you know, against the best that they can match that same level of play, that same level of intensity. Who benefits the most from bye weeks, players or coaches? Yeah, I'd say that that both benefit, but in different ways. I mean, the players, obviously, this is time for them to rest their bodies and their minds a little bit. Uh, and that's important for, for everyone. But it, it's very important for these athletes for the final stretch of the season. Um, you know, getting guys healthy and ready to go for what should be really the, the most important part of the season for Kansas City. I mean, these next three games, all against AFC West opponents, uh, if if you win those next three games, you put yourself in a very good position to win the division and to you know potentially set yourself up for a situation where you're a high seed in the AFC playoff picture. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's important for these guys to get their rest, to get their health, uh, get their, their feet back under them and start feeling better for this stretch run because, you know, NFL is a brutal game. It, you know, but at this point of the season, a lot of people aren't feeling great. Uh, they might not be on the injury report every week, but they're definitely beat up and bruised and battered. So that, that week is important. And then for the coaches, there's obviously a lot of self-scouting that's done. Uh, you know, they get to take a look at their process, see what's working, what isn't working. 
and they maybe get to do it under a closer lens than they would if they were preparing for a game that week. So uh, I think that, that that you know those two different sides of the coin those are important. Now I do think that the bye week in general just benefits the team as a whole because you know you look at Andy Reid's bye week record, his post bye week record. His teams are eleven and one in home games after the bye week. Yeah, you know, it's that's one loss away from being undefeated at home after the bye week. Uh, and then he has a, tw- I think he's a twenty six and twenty six and five. It's either twenty six and five or twenty six and six overall record um, after bye weeks, and that includes you know postseason bye weeks. So I mean that's just an absolutely unprecedented level of success, and uh, he, to which he claims, by the way, there is no secret. So no secret to to Andy Reid's team's success after the bye week. I, I think it's just the magic of the bye week. You know, guys getting healthy, coaches, you know, getting to take a look at their work a little bit more closely. And then, you know, just uh, guys just generally having a, a better plan of action, a, a better way to approach the upcoming team. Uh, and potentially, in most cases, in this case, obviously with the Denver Broncos, a team that that is not coming off a bye week as well. So, uh, you know, you're, you're going up against a team that, you know, obviously they just had a big win, a uh, big emotional win over another AFC West opponent. So that that I would say is an advantage for Kansas City. Do you believe Clyde Edwards-Alaire has firmly solidified his position as a starting running back? Yeah, I, I think unquestionably so. Uh, Clyde edwards Elair is the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs and will be moving forward. Uh, I, I know that Daryl Williams did well in relief, but you know, edwards Elair is still averaging over a full yard more per attempt than, than Williams is on the ground. And, and that's important. Uh, obviously, you know, running backs do more than than just running. But uh, and, and Williams has beat him in the passing game, though. I, I think that he averages nearly a yard more uh Per, per reception in the passing game. But, again, it, it's just uh, they, they both do different things. But I think that, that Clyde does enough better than Williams that he's the guy. And I think even in the future, I mean, maybe they'll look at adding more complementary pieces at the running back position. But uh, Edwards Lair is the guy for Kansas City. His projection's been really solid this season. And, I mean, if it weren't for his injury, he'd likely be right up there among the top players at his position. Uh, especially, you know, when you consider, you know, you've got Jonathan Taylor, but then, you know, after that, they're, they're, you know, it's it's a little bit of a drop, and then obviously Derrick Henry injured. So, you know, I think, it, you know, if he can put together a healthy season, he's going to be right there among the top. Uh, obviously, he's not going to do that this season, but, you know, there's always next year. What has been the catalyst for Frank Clark and Chris Jones' strong performances lately? Well, this is going to sound a little redundant with everything we've talked about so far, but one, I think, is health. Uh, I, I mean, Clark had the dual hamstring injuries, you know, one after the other that kind of stifled him from getting into football shape in training camp and then in the preseason. So he was kind of getting his legs back during the early goings of the season. He was using that to not only get in shape, but to, to get back into kind of uh, the, the swing of, of football. So... And then, you know, Jones, he has the the wrist ligament injury, which it's healed a bit, uh, obviously. He's still playing. He he missed a couple of games early on. But, 
I mean, it's, that's an injury that's probably going to require off-season repair. He's probably going to have to have surgery on that this off-season. He's playing through it. It's probably painful. Um, but it's it's he's healthy enough that he can do enough to uh, to really help this team. And then, you know, I, I mean, you can't discount a couple of other things, right? Like uh, the addition of Melvin Ingram, for instance. I mean, that's impacted what Steve Spagnuolo is comfortable doing defensively. Uh, from a down-to-down basis. I mean, you're seeing an increase in Chris Jones playing defensive tackle, which he's clearly better suited for. I think no one will argue that. But, uh, you know, he started out the season playing a lot more defensive end, and they've kind of weaned him off of that uh, with the addition of Ingram. And and then for for Clark, obviously, you you have a, a rusher who consistently gets pressure opposite him now. So that makes Clark's job a little bit easier in terms of the one-on-one matchups he's getting. Because now you have to kind of pick and choose. Okay, are you going to double this guy? Are you Are going to double that guy? Are you Are going to leave him on an island? So it's going to make things easier for Clark. And, you know, if you have a guy pressuring from one side and kind of pushing the the quarterback one direction, that makes it a little easier for the other guy in the other direction to get, the, get after the quarterback uh, to get a little bit closer to him. So uh, it, it's basically restricting that pocket uh, and making it tougher on quarterbacks. And uh, I, I think that, you know, health and then that, the addition of Melvin Ingram, that that's probably what's behind their strong performances lately. But you know, also, I mean, Clark, he's got to kind of consider this a contract year, right? They have an out year in his contract, but they also could hang on to him for another year if they wanted to and get out of his contract even cheaper the following year. So, I, I mean, he's, he's in some ways proving himself. Chris Jones, obviously... Uh, has a lot that that he wants to prove more so uh, for himself. You know, he has big goals. He he wanted to break the sack record. He wants to, you know, do all these things, be recognized as one of the greats in the game. So I I think that um, you probably are going to be seeing, you know, these guys pick up the pace even more than they have this season uh, and really only kind of snowball and get better especially heading into these games against AFC West opponents, guys that they're familiar with and have gone up against before. Those are going to be some good battles. Do you believe the recent flex to an evening game works to the Chiefs' advantage after a week off? Well, I think history would tell us that uh, it won't work to the Chiefs' advantage, uh, just seeing as they've lost the past two uh, Sunday night football games they played in this season. I believe it was uh, with the Bills and the, um, and the Ravens. Yeah, so uh, the bye week, it's the bye week. Casey already has the advantage there that we talked about earlier with uh, Andy Reid's record coming out of the bye week. And I don't think a couple hours really changes this game that much at all. Now, I do think the atmosphere of a primetime game played at Arrowhead Stadium, that that's that's a game changer. That's going to work in the Chiefs' advantage because you got the loud crowd over there uh, out there at Arrowhead. And uh, they're they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be looking to do some things. All right, uh, they're gonna be looking to do some things. They're gonna be looking to uh, to make some noise to make it tough on Teddy Bridgewater on those offensive linemen specifically. Uh, they got some injuries along the offensive line, so that noise could play a factor there, uh, especially when it comes to you know uh, offensive holding, false starts, things like that. So I, I do think that is probably the biggest advantage from from a flex to an evening game uh obviously i'm not a fan of it it means i'm gonna be (laughs) be up all night writing but uh you know look uh 
you, you want to play in these big games, primetime games, with all the eyes on you. Um, and, and obviously a divisional game with big implications, playing for the division lead. I, I think that that's, that's important and that's good that we're going to see these guys play this game in prime time. Who do you believe is the X factor heading into week 13 versus Denver? Yeah, I think on offense, it's really going to be the running backs in the passing game this week for Kansas City. Uh, if you look, the Broncos have been banged up at the linebacker position. And uh, Kenny Young, they, they traded for him. Uh, from They acquired him, I believe, from the Los Angeles Rams. It was ahead of the, the trade uh, for... Um, for Vaughn Miller, um, but they acquired Kenny Young, and he's really struggled in pass coverage uh, this season. I think he's allowed all but five uh, passes his way uh, to, to be caught, and uh, specifically when he's been with the Broncos, I mean, he, he's really struggled. I don't think he's – I think he's allowed a 100% completion uh, rate uh, when, when he's been with the Broncos. So if you can isolate Clyde or – Daryl Williams, or even a receiver against him, it's going to be money for the Chiefs, and I think you got to look to do that schematically uh, to take advantage of that, because you're not going to get many advantages on this Denver defense. That's a really good unit, strong cornerback play, very, very good defensive line. Uh, they're good against the run. They cover the tight end well, so I think you really are going to have to lean on those running backs and passing game to get uh, some good good matchups, especially on third down. Uh, defensively, though, I'm, I'm looking at, at kind of that trio we were talking about a little earlier, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Melvin, Melvin Ingram uh, to, to wreak some havoc this week because Denver offensive line, they could be down several starters this week. We, we won't know until they uh, make a decision on Garrett Bowles, who's on the uh, COVID-19 list. But uh, you know, they, they lost uh, their backup uh, left tackle. So they could be down to their third string left tackle. They're already down to their second string right tackle. And they uh, lost Dalton Risner last week. Uh, and it's not clear if he'll be back, their left guard, starting left guard. So, I mean, you've got some injuries there. And when you have those types of injuries, you've got to be t- able to take advantage if you're the Kansas City uh, O-line. So... I think that that those would probably be my choices. The running backs on offense, obviously the the defensive linemen on defense. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, so uh, it was the bye week. Nothing too crazy on the website. We didn't follow through and actually write these. But I'll have you know that we did discuss some articles like uh, assigning Thanksgiving dishes to uh, Chiefs players. You know, being like, uh, you know, this this Chiefs player is the green bean casserole, uh, probably Daniel Sorensen. But um, uh, or or we also discussed an article about uh, which Chiefs player or coach could eat the entire Thanksgiving turkey in one sitting. I I, I don't know, man. I mean, we got to talk about like the weight of the turkey, and you know, if it's a smaller turkey, maybe, but. Phew, that would be a tough task for anyone, if you ask me. What we did actually have for you, though, were uh, some stories of players giving back to their hometowns. Um, you know, guys like Tyron Matthew, uh, Traverius Ward did some nice things. Uh, also, we had some uh, Throwback Thursday action, uh, recapping the last time the Chiefs played on Thanksgiving. 
It was also a game against Denver, ironically. Um, we obviously had the tragic news uh, on the passing of Chiefs Hall of Famer Curly Culp. Uh, rest in peace, Curly. And uh, John had a, a great look into some players who've kind of exceeded expectations this season, along with some who deserve more uh, opportunities after the bye week. Moving forward, however, uh, we'll have plenty of preview content on the upcoming game with the Broncos. Be on the lookout on Saturday for my weekly referee breakdown because the Chiefs really pulled the worst possible referee that they could pull. Uh, And for the second time this season, too. Uh, But as always, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for for checking out uh, all the articles on the website during the bye week. And thank you guys so much for listening uh, here to the Chiefs Wire podcast. We couldn't do it without you. You know what we say now. Go Chiefs! first chance to see the, the Denver Broncos. This is a team's got an 11 game winning streak. How much have you heard about the, the streak and how much have you guys talked about in the locker room? Yeah, you know, I mean, pretty much coming in this week, you know, preparation's still the same. Uh, we know we have a, a good team in front of us that we have to play and, you know, a divisional rival. We just have to play to the best of our potential, you know, listen to our coaches and execute. Trey, some of the guys expressed some surprise that you got a personal foul a couple of weeks ago because you're not a guy that says a lot. Can you um, shed some light on what happened there? Yeah, you know, it's just me uh, losing my cool a little bit. You know, I have to do a better job uh, at this level, especially being a professional, uh, keeping my cool because at the end of the day, that penalty hurt my team. And, you know, uh, just going back to that, you know, I just have to do a better job of keeping my cool, understand the situation, you know, keep playing. Did that help you find the line, whatever you can say, whatever the magic word was, you know where that line is now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is my line. I'm not saying anything anymore. (laughs) No more talking at all. Did Patrick actually tell you you should say it under your breath? Uh, no, sir. No, I was just, you know, just keep it cool in that situation. Pat was being a great leader. Just, you know, it hurt the team. Something that can't happen anymore and just keep going. When you're a rookie like this, if you get into, if this is a long-standing NFL rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. You, you didn't grow up around here. You don't hate the Broncos, whatever. You might have friends that play there. How, how long does it take for you to get that part of this? I know you try to keep it one game at a time and all that, but they... Does it feel a little bit different knowing that uh, this is a rivalry that you're kind of stepping into and now you have to understand what it's about? Yeah, you know, if it's important to the organization, you know, from a traditional standpoint, uh, you know, it's a big-time game. Uh, For me, I try to take every game as a big-time game. Uh, In terms of my preparation, nothing really changes. But, you know, obviously it's a rivalry game, and you'll know it after snap one. So, you know, we're really excited about it. And, you know, like I said, preparation remains the same every week. Counting the preseason, you play 14 games now, which is longer than your college season, and you still got a ways to go. How are you holding up, do you feel like, this is the first time going through this? How do you feel like you're holding up physically and mentally with this grind? Yeah, I feel like I'm doing well. Uh, obviously, the bye week was a nice time to be around family and just sort of refresh a little bit. Uh, physically, you know, I'm feeling great. Um, like you said, this is a, a grind. You know, this season compared to college, we'd be done now. So, it's just a new step, a new challenge. You know, I'm eager to face it, and you know, I'm feeling great. You take from your, I wonder from your position, playing guard, just what impresses you most about what Joe Tooney has done to not really miss any time considering his hand injury and just how much you may have taken from him even though he plays on the left side of the line. Yeah, Joe's the ultimate pro, man. Um, just being able to watch him every day, um, you know, thankful for the opportunity, you know, just to learn from him. Um, 
in terms of like you know recovery and stuff, you know, I do talk to him about it a little bit, just understand what I can do uh, to have a lot of career longevity and you know to play as much as he's played. Uh, it's nothing short of incredible what he does consistently. You know, in terms of being there, being active, ready to work, and playing at a high level every time. What did you take away from the initial stretch before the bye that, that perhaps you can do better in, in your own game in the final stretch here? Oh, yeah. There's a ton of stuff, man. Um, I'll just keep it at this. I need to be the clock cleaner on the finer details and being a lot more consistent in my play. And not, not just being on the field on Sundays, but just also every day of the week in practice and just being a better player and a better pro. And then just for this particular game, how does it change the fact that Bradley Chubb has only played these two games? How do you guys prepare for what is going to be a unique challenge there? Yeah, uh, from what I know of him, uh, he's obviously a, a very good player, a top-notch player, very elite talent. Um, and, you know, he's played the past couple of years, I believe, right? So we'll have a lot of film available on him, and I know our tackles will be ready to play. Did you, as a young player, this is your first bye week, and you guys actually got to go home, do whatever you wanted to do. There's some protocols for the masks and stuff. What was the message from the team when you went away to make sure, like, you were, were careful, and did that – not damping your holiday or anything, but how cognizant were you of that? Because it's still the middle of the season yeah. when you were away. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they warned us, you know, just be careful who we're around and, you know, just be aware of the because COVID is not completely away. So I would say that's sort of um, that piece, you know, the coach is reminding you. And, you know, we have really good protocol on it, obviously I'm wearing a mask right now, but, you know, just to be safe and, you know, be cautious about a lot of things. And that was coming in your head when you were home? Yeah, a lot of times, yes, sir. Okay. Thanks, Greg. Thank you all. Good did it feel to, uh, to get back out there on Sunday? Yeah, man, it felt real good. Uh, it felt real good just um, going throughout the week, not knowing if I was going to go or if I was going to wait till next week or whatever. And um, had getting a chance to get my feet wet, trusting my ankle, and getting out there and, and, and pushing on it and, and getting those positions. It felt good. So and it felt good to get the win. It felt better for that part than, than anything. So uh, it, was, it was huge. How'd your body feel today after playing for the first time? Uh, just like any normal uh, after a game, a little sore, uh, upper body sore from punching guys and uh, lower body sore from just running around and stuff like that. But uh, ankle and all that, it feels amazing. So uh, I can't be more ready for this upcoming week. With 30 snaps yesterday, do you think you're headed toward full duty against Kansas City? Uh, hopefully, hopefully. That's the plan, man. We're going to be out here. Um, whatever the trainers feel like is best, uh, whatever I feel like is best is my body. So um going to go out there and with, the, with the, uh, the practice and the managing and see how it feels. And um, hopefully Sunday could be a full load. If not, then we're just going to have to work around it. we got guys that's playing at high levels with Steven and Coop and, and Malik and um, and Dre and, 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 and uh, Peter and, and uh, AP. So, I mean, I, I got faith in those guys regardless. But um, hopefully I can get that full workload. Was the injury similar to the one you dealt with in the offseason? I mean, obviously a different ankle. Was it similar? And it honestly kind of was the exact same thing, which is uh, real ironic. Um, bone uh, spurs? Yeah, bone spurs in both ankles at the same exact spot. Uh, at the time, it was a little little frustrating because you, you put so much into this game, you put so much into um, trying to get back on the field and uh, to have the same thing happen to to something, to a whole other ankle when you're trying to get over something. It was for sure frustrating, but um, just kept my head down and kept working, and the guys around here encouraged me. And um, being in the position we were in, I knew I had to get back in order to make this playoff push. So it's been fun, and uh, everybody's rallied behind me, and I'm rallied behind everybody else. Bradley, when um, – when the team traded away Vaughn, your partner. 
it was like a sense of doom. Oh no, you know Broncos are giving up. But you've played well since that trade. What what do you think happened there? I honestly think it was like a a kick a kick in the butt, man. Because it's like um, Von he he was here. He did so many great things. Super Bowl MVP, super uh, twenty sacks, ten sacks, and just doing that consistently and. It might have had some guys around here that, you know what I'm saying, got a little comfortable or whatnot. And when you see a guy like Von Miller get traded, you're like, oh, so we could really trade anybody around here. I mean, that's one of the best players to come through Denver. And um, when you traded him, it kind of gave everybody that sense of urgency. Like, I mean, nobody's job is safe. Nobody out here is, 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 um, is, you know what I'm saying, is, is, can just stay here and do whatever they want or whatever like that. We all got to uh, kick it up a notch. And that's, I feel like the team took that, that message and, um, everybody's been playing well, like you said, man. It's just been fun to see, fun to be around, fun to be in those meetings, engaging with those guys, and seeing how they take that intensity to the meeting room, to the practice field, to the game field. So it's just been fun all around. How much have you embraced? That's your room now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I embrace it a lot because at the end of the day, um, I feel like the team moves as the outside linebackers move. We we could change the game. We could get picks. We could get sacks, sack fumbles, and stuff like that. And um, we just gotta uh, me as a as the leader. I gotta. Keep those guys going. We got guys that, that are leaders in their own right, like Malik and, like I said, and Steven and those uh, other veteran guys, man. So it's just been – it hasn't been, like, one-sided at all when it comes to the leadership in that room, man. It's been fun to see everybody engaging, like I said, and attacking and um, being uh, – playing as run and rushing as one. So I feel like we could, as long as we keep that going, we'll be good. Uh, uh, getting after Mahomes, man. If the offense revolves around 15, we got to stop the run first. Uh, that's that's every week. Um, you want to establish that 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 dominance in the run game, and when you do that, then um, you got to get after the quarterback. And like I said, that's our job as as outside linebackers, as pass rushers. We got to affect and and get him off his spot, make him change his arm angle and stuff like that. We know he can do that, but try to make him as uncomfortable as we can. So uh, that's gonna be the game plan. Justin said last night that this this game against the Chiefs is extremely personal, given you know the, the losing streak you guys have had against him. You sort of embrace that that idea that it you know that it is personal. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It kind of reminds me of like my college days. I, I at the time I never beat Clemson, and um, I always had that that hatred down in my heart for Clemson. And even this past year when, when NC State beat them, I was like, oh man, we finally did it. And uh, I know everybody around there had that same feeling. So I feel like it's kind of the same with this. Like we haven't beat them in a while, and. Um, it, that hatred runs deep, and when we do get over that hump, everybody's going to be rejoicing and, and moving on to the next one, and I feel like that's what we got to do, just um, knock this one out and, and, like I said, just keep moving forward. Bradley, what was your reaction to As always, if you have any thoughts on the show, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at The Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Catch us next week.